0: Welcome back to Made in March. Today is Wednesday, March 11th. Wesley, how many days left till selection Sunday. 4 whole days. Unbelievable, yes, 4 days. And Luke, to start off the podcast, we got two more 5-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, which we'll read aloud.
1: Yeah, the five reviews, the 5-star reviews just keep on coming. We got 22 ratings on Apple Exponential podcast, growth. And they're all 5-star. Mm-hmm. So, if this is your first time listening, you should know that The Maiden March Faithful, love this podcast, and it's really showing um, with all the reviews that we have and the comments. So I will start by reading out the first comment we got from Jimmers. It says, you boys are sauce, as the topic, and then it goes on to say, absolute bangers here, folks. I'm fully confident in my ability to attain a perfect bracket because of these fine gentlemen. So a little
0: bit of sarcasm there, of course.
1: Yeah, a little bit, but I would... Fine gentlemanism. (laughs) But I would also say that... He's 100% right. I mean, you have a better chance to get a perfect bracket if you listen here at Maiden March than you do if you just fill out a bracket without listening to um, our podcast. Of course. I mean, the knowledge that you can attain, not from the Blue Bloods, but from the mid-majors, so that way you're looking good after your first round and not just late in your bracket. So that is what we bring to the table. That's how we will help you win money. Um, And we'll also be starting... Or own Bracket Pool as soon as Selection Sunday uh, is wrapped up. And expect a tweet that Sunday. Because, Charlie, do you want to explain what's going on with Instagram? So,
0: yeah. Some unfortunate news. Some unfortunate news. news. We have a lot of bad news this podcast. It might be a a bit more somber than normal. But we got what's called action blocked on Instagram. Can't exactly tell you what it is. But according to Instagram, they claimed... That we did some sort of illegal action. We don't even know what
1: it is. Essentially what happened is we got too many followers too quickly. Yeah, we
0: got too many followers too quickly, too many likes too quickly that they thought we were buying followers or likes, which we were not. Everything was all up to snuff. I can promise you that. And so we do not have access on our Instagram for a whole week. We will get access back a whole week as of yesterday. So yeah, we'll get it back the Tuesday, two days before... The March Madness game start.
1: However, we will try to get it back early. We are appealing the decision to Instagram. Unfortunately, uh, Instagram is
0: not very good with that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, we'll,
1: we'll see what we can do for you folks.
0: Yeah. So in the meantime, follow us on Twitter. Pretty sure it's the same handle. Same handle. Yep. Uh,
1: then we also have a, another review from Jacob Hochbaum. Um, says, good job. So says, Great podcast. I came to the U.S. just recently, and this podcast helped me so much to learn about the unique culture of college sports. Yes, college sports in the U.S. is big—both college football and college basketball. I mean, how much money can you win off a perfect bracket? I think it's a billion, a billion dollars. Yeah, a billion dollars. Ooh. So, for the newcomers to the United States, or if you're listening from outside listening. the United States, because we have Love had international listeners—yes,
0: um, span across five, six
1: nations, something like that. Yeah, I'm exactly I mean sure. If you want a good bracket, if you want money, this podcast right here is your opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so those reviews, reviews,
0: those reviews are great. They always they always brighten my day. Unfortunately, there are a lot of things saddening yeah, my day. That
2: might this that might be the only uh, positive about the day.
0: Honestly, <laughs> should we just get right into it? The first big piece of news: the Ivy League. That is the conference with Harvard, Yale. Um, Brown, Penn, Penn, Brown, Penn, Cornell, Princeton, whatever, they decided in their infinite win- wisdom to cancel their conference tournament and say, you know what, we're going to send the winner of the regular season, the Yellow Bulldogs, to March Madness. We don't even need to play the conference tournament. This, is, this was obviously due to concerns of the coronavirus outbreak, which is a very real problem and needs to be taken care of. Um
1: for you science nerds that's covid-19, I repeat covid-19. <laughs> yes.
2: Thanks, but Luke. Thank you. This is heartbreaking news. And it's terrible that they had to come to this because Harvard was 2-0 against Yale on the regular season and for them to decide this and have it come down to this is just really depressing, I guess. Even if you were at Yale, you're kind of just you kind of feel for everybody else. You're like well, why do we deserve it or whatever? Imagine, I mean, I'm, some of them are probably not feeling that way, but...
0: Imagine being a senior on Harvard. That would just be terrible. You beat Yale twice this year. You haven't lost to Yale. You
1: played Maryland close. You say, hey, if we get into the tournament, we think that we can pull an upset. And instead... Because we've done it before. You don't
0: even get your chance. You don't even get to play your conference tournament, and they say... That's heartbreaking. We're going to send the team that lost
2: to you twice to March Madness instead of you. As a Yale supporter, that is extremely heartbreaking. It's got to be terrible.
3: I mean, just from any, like... Like, just any fan of your Harvards, just any team, not including Yale, you have to just be heartbroken. Like, you're looking to go attend their March, possibly March game, and you just you can't even go just because coronavirus, basically. And these Ivy that's League, the um, like, board members decide that it's better for the fans to not attend.
0: Well, I mean, that's exactly what I don't understand about this. If you want to decide that there should be no fans to attend the so game— So be it. A- that's fine. fine. You got to take Whatever. precautions because the coronavirus That's is a very serious issue. Yes. And if if you, you can choose to do that, you can say, you know what? No go fans. We're only going to have players and media members in our conference tournament. Yep. Unfortunately, the Ivy League went straight to
2: the worst possible scenario,
0: which yes. I don't think That's was a smart idea. Completely unnecessary. It's a little overkill. I feel like it was. Yeah, it was overkill at that to uh, to cancel right the, to the entire conference yeah. tournament.
2: They went from like everything being on fans, everything perfectly fine game to. Straight to worst possible scenario, worst decision, I would say. I mean, yeah. I, don't, now, I don't think that's acceptable. And
3: now who knows what's going to happen for other conference tournaments. I'm pretty sure the Big Sky, they're not allowing fans, but at yeah. least they're playing Neither's their the conference, conference tournament. Yeah. But, like, what what's going to happen to the bigger conferences that have 10,000 more fans, like the Big East, the Big Ten? Like, who knows?
2: That's a fair point.
1: So, I'll give you my input on the situation, all right? Cases of coronavirus in the U.S. just passed 1,000 on Tuesday. That was before they even canceled the Ivy League tournament. Or was it? It was early Tuesday. So so they're hanging right around 1,000, give or take. And it is a very serious illness. But at the same time, I think the hysteria from the media that we've seen has blown it out of proportion a little bit. And I think the Ivy League gave into this a little bit. So I don't really respect the decision because they went straight from having a tournament... To banning it, they didn't. They didn't decide to do precaution. Um, essentially, screwing teams like Harvard and Penn, those two teams that beat Yale, by the way. It's. I mean, and it. And I'd say, I don't know why people feel inclined to make decisions for other people. I did. I wanted. I want to know if the Ivy League went to the coaches, uh, like the Ivy League board went to the coaches of the Ivy League and saw what they thought first. Because oh, is did you hear the
0: coaches' reactions
1: afterwards? I can tell you they were. Not positive. Fire. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm glad that the Ivy League is still taking into consideration what everyday people think, you know. Um, but at the same time, I also think the Ivy League is to blame for the other news that just broke an hour ago, not even. Yeah, we're right than, on top of it. Less than. Of, of the NCAA saying, we're not going to have anybody, no, no fans, no attendees, unless, except for essential people, and then like people sh- uh, shooting the television.
0: Yeah. In the entirety of March Madness. In the entirety of three, March Madness. Years, all three the weeks. The gyms will be more or less silently. empty. They yes. will be empty. I mean, it's,
1: we can we can go and criticize NCAA all we want, but after Ivy League did that, what were they supposed to do? Like, the Ivy League's logic saying, oh, we're going to not have a tournament where there's going to be 2,000 people yeah, per so game in the, the gym. And then, and then proceed to ship off a team to the NCAA tournament with, like, 20,000 people a game. You know what I think? I think that that's a bunch of bullcrap. I think that it's virtue signaling to their students and everybody else, and I really don't buy into that hysteria. And keep in mind, coronavirus is a serious disease that that has taken a lot of lives. And that can spread very
0: easily in largely crowded places. Yes. Mm -hmm. However,
1: I think that is still blown out of proportion, even though it is a dangerous uh, virus. So what are the implications, do you guys think? with no fans at March Madness games this year.
2: This will 100% affect outcomes of not all games, obviously. But before Some, we talk about the outcomes, how weird is it going to be watching a game well, with the no vibe, fans? The vibe is just going to be completely off. Players, like, runs. People, people go on runs. They're going to call timeouts normally to quiet the crowd. There's no crowd to quiet. You know, the coaches call when a like, team goes on like a 7-0, 9-0 run, something like that, coach will call timeout, kind of gathers players together, whatever, Get them locked in and then go whatever, get a bucket to quiet the crowd. Yeah, no, I mean this is No weird. need for that. that
1: I will have had, I will have had more fans at my fourth grade basketball games back in the day than the entirety of the NCAA will have during my That Adams. is not
0: entirely true. There they are they fans. are allowing media members, Yeah, but they, they are, are fans. allowing announcers. They're family. Family. And but they're not fans. Close family. Well, is your family really your fans when you're at a fourth-grade soccer game?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yes. You don't know some of the people that I had. We, well, had, so some, we had some Okay, ejections. well, are the
0: family not fans then at the March Madness games? I'm saying they the are Post- fans,
3: but yeah.
1: not the same environment.
3: Okay, the media is obviously they're not going to be rooting yeah, of course. one no. way or another. Stick out the camera,
2: whatever. But, but
3: just think about it. You're going to be at, at your house sitting on the couch watching March Madness, or you're going to be at a bar somewhere. You're going to hear the and they're going to pan. They're coming in from commercial. <laughs> just you pan, and you're just going to see empty seats. You're going to see nothing.
1: Yeah. It's unbelievable. And that's I think so at cool. least what the tech people should do is they should be able to put people cheering yes. on the board based on the momentum of the game. But they're not going to do that because no, that's too much work to for them. They're, they, they wouldn't do
2: that. It's gonna be. An it's not like feeling. they can
0: insert crowd noise, yeah. which would at least be something
2: yeah, for, for there the viewers at home. That would be comedy. But it's gonna it's be gonna, so it's gonna be eerie, weird, eerie watching the game, and you're gonna be hearing the announcers talk. You know, like if there's every little once in a while where the announcers go quiet for like a couple seconds, and you can hear the crowds talking or the shoes squeaking. You're gonna
3: hear that the entire game. <laughs> <Yeah>. You're gonna <laughs> hear yeah. everything. You're gonna say, everything. pick right, screen you're gonna, right.
2: You're gonna hear over, over, whatever. Switch, switch. You're gonna hear the guys talking, which may or may not be cool. I don't know. It could be like
3: you get to see what they're like doing yeah. actually, and you're gonna and, hear it. And but, think about the players. They're used to playing in front of oh hundreds thousands of fans and now it's going to be like yeah. they're at they're running fives in practice. Exactly. Free throw
1: shooting is going to go up in percentage big yeah, time. It will. Like, big time. I think it will uh, too. I don't
2: know.
3: What it's going to gonna say. be
1: crazy. I have a hunch though. I think by the end of this when it, when we get to the final four, I think they'll have start having fans again mm-hmm. because we have started seeing a trend in the coronavirus in China has started to decline in China. So once they figured it out for like two weeks, even though they're responsible for this whole mess, but that's a rabbit hole we don't need to go down.
0: That's a very real possibility. And kind of getting a little bit back to the NCAA's decision, if people aren't able to attend the games, where are they naturally going to go? They're going to go to restaurants, they're going to go to bars, which have lots of people in them.
2: Tight spaces again.
0: You know, it's 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 better than a a twenty thousand closed plus. crowd full of twenty thousand plus people, but yeah, it's still not ideal. People want to watch college basketball.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: But getting on to the implications, how do we think this is going to affect the bracket itself? Do we think that this favors the overdogs, the underdogs? What are we thinking?
3: I um, oh go ahead, Alex. Okay, I most definitely think the underdogs are going to get hurt in this situation without the crowd environment. You know, usually you're at a site, for example, say you're playing in Milwaukee, there's two games. So you got four teams playing, all the fans are there supporting their teams, but when your team's not playing and you're watching the other game, these fans are going to be rooting for the upset, generally speaking. Yes. So there's millions or hundreds of supporters at these arenas that are not going to be... Cheering for the these underdog mid major teams anymore. So mm-hmm.
0: think but about in, the UNBC upset over Virginia, the sixteen seed being the one seed. Into it. The crowd was half their team. They were living off of that hype. Yeah. Go ahead, Luke.
1: I mean, I one hundred percent agree. And just to even go back for more, there have only been thirty two deaths in the United States so far with coronavirus. And, I feel and like also, we covered the coronavirus enough. But but I just have to say this. If if we if they covered the flu like they cover the coronavirus with how much the flu kills each year during flu season
0: the coronavirus as a it's it's virus p- is a lot more potent than the flu a not we not a lot that. a
1: little bit it's at like two point five percent death rate flu is
3: like 0. point one point point two not, one not that little it's like point three it's like twenty five times more potent but at the end of the day it's it's a newer so to speak it's actually a really new disease that
0: better better know. to be safe than sorry is the NCAA stance whether you.
2: Agree with agree it, with it yeah. disagree with it. Doesn't matter. This is the way it's gonna be and it's gonna affect games. It's gonna totally. affect games,
0: but we really don't know.
2: I think it's gonna put everybody on an equal playing field. And it's just gonna be talent versus talent because everybody's gonna be relaxed too, which could it's gonna be tough to judge mm-hmm. who who's I gonna better. I it wouldn't for. say
3: everyone's gonna be relaxed.
2: More relaxed than normal, obviously, because like if yeah. you're down six and the crowd is like and you got a couple minutes left and the crowd is completely in it for the other team. You're just yeah. kind of like, oh, shaking at your knees, taking wild shots. You mentioned free throws, Luke. I think that's so true. I think free it throw percentage huge. will be up. And whoever's up with a couple minutes left, probably, if they're normally a solid free throw shooting team, is going to have a good chance to win the game.
1: Yeah, if you're watching this game, it's going to be like a really intense 5v5 full court at your local Y. Okay, that's what it's going to...
2: Yeah, it'll gonna be, be like. a little bit more
1: than is. That's what the noise is going to be like, because the talent's going to be up, the intensity's going to be up, but there's going to be like no crowd. So... Yeah. If you guys go and play basketball at the Y or your local sports club, I mean, this is kind of what that will sound like, uh, which isn't I super hope, fun. But I hope the announcers are on their game.
0: Yeah, they better The be. announcers should just be and yakking, 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 getting, getting hyped. Getting a hype. Like, we need Gus Johnson on one of these games. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say Because he Gus
2: would Johnson. bring the passion, I'll but tell you that. Also, announcers feed off crowd and crowd energy, too which is That's not something, something to be to consider. Something Like to be Kevin Harlan
1: to and Gus Johnson, two yes. of the better couch basketball
2: Mike Breen sure. with his
1: or, bang calls. Yeah. And then the end. Or what's
0: that one college basketball announcer that always says onions whenever like there's a onions! huge play? Yeah, what's oh. that guy's name?
1: Oh. Oh. I'm not sure. Mm, but He always, he always
0: says the big games, games has not got any games well, because... He, he's ESPN. He's he's he's
3: be on. Is he? Alex, okay, if you work
0: for ESPN, you don't get to announce much Madness games. It's TNT, True TV, CBS... Yeah. One more.
2: TNT. TNT. But here is the thing. Or T B S. So here is a thing to throw in. I feel bad for all those people that scheduled trips and like took time off whatever work just to go to these games, just for it all not to happen.
1: You know what? I'm actually kinda glad William Mary isn't going to the tournament this year. You know why? (laughs) Because William and Mary shouldn't have to have this as their first experience. (laughs) right. So and I don't know if they're gonna
3: have an experience for a while And and I do think think, the Rutgers fans if they get in.
1: Yeah, and I do think Alex has a point. If I they think get in. Come I think the underdogs are screwed here. They feed I don't off think crowd they're screwed, noise. But they, feed, they feed off momentum, and also, I would say that the adrenaline. Where's the adrenaline going to be at the beginning of the game? When crowds are standing up, standing up, clapping at the beginning of tip off. Yeah. Adrenaline's going to take a while to develop. So.
0: I agree. At the end of the day, we never know, and I wouldn't change What's... the way you make your bracket too much because yeah. of there being no fans.
1: Not too much,
2: but I would change it. I would change it not to take any super risky upsets. Yeah. We, see, don't,
1: we don't know.
2: We really it's, don't it's know so how it's going to affect.
0: This is pure speculation. Because
2: this is the first time in, is this ever? This like is the first in time history ever there's been no fans. I'm saying like through any sport, like this just whole outbreak thing has just kind of killed everything. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, so if
1: you were upset when the NFL, if you guys were watching, they went to that camera behind to make it look like Madden. If you were upset with this, you should be irate about this.
0: Oh, I know what camera you're talking yes. about. Yeah. look like Madden or whatever. Yep, yeah, exactly. Like, that wasn't cool, but... Like, you could kind of see, like, the holes the running backs were going to hit, but other
2: than that, yeah. Yep. I don't know. I mean... It's Some just, sad just news. Disappointing. Very disappointing, yes.
1: Also, yep, yeah, go follow us on Twitter. We forgot to put our handle. Made underscore in underscore March underscore. Nothing after that. Um, You guys want to follow at this is where we're going to be giving all of our update and we'll give, you, and we'll so, give yeah. you all of our input for the conference tournament week what we think about selection sunday along with when we're releasing the next podcast to hear our full thoughts um twitter's a great platform uh keep following it uh we're going to start a hashtag called hashtag March sadness uh if you guys could retweet that as much as possible we can make that big so Without further ado, should we get into our game recap? Yeah, there's
0: actually uh, some basketball that was played the past oh, two days. Oh, no way! That
1: <laughs> with we're 18 minutes in, with and we're, we're going to get to recap. With so fans, yeah. That's crazy. Crazy the same. All right, so we start off with Monday night. We have Delaware at Hofstra. Hofstra, went, Hofstra wins that semifinal game to go to their final. Important. Uh, but then we have the SoCon Championship. Charlie's SoCon, his favorite mid-major this season.
0: Absolutely.
1: And we have Wofford at against East Tennessee State. East Tennessee State cruises in this one towards the end. I mean, Wofford kept it close in the first half, but East Tennessee State really took control of the second half, and the Buccaneers are going da- are going dancing.
0: I I recall recapping this game on our most previous podcast, so there might be a little bit of overlap here, but th- you can never say it too many times. East Tennessee State is going to be this year's Cinderella, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think they're a Sweet 16 caliber team, Bracketologist Alex, what are you seeing him on, the 11
3: line? I got him as an 11, locked and loaded, playing a a little 6 seed, and we'll get into some 11 seed. Playing a possibly underwhelming 6 seed. Don't
0: sleep on East Tennessee State. The SOCON also, the past few years, has been incredibly strong. It kind of reminds me of um, the Colonial from like 2006 to 2011 when they were just sending teams to this um, uh, Sweet 16 round of 32 year in, year out. That's kind of what the SOCON's been doing lately.
1: Yeah, and then we get into some games later that night because we did have a later podcast that night. Uh, I just figured we would talk about ETSU punching their ticket. Just kind of recap that again for you guys. Um, we have San Fran at 2 Gonzaga. San Francisco hung around this entire game, and they almost pulled it out at the end. I mean, this was a great game. It was a great game. San Francisco <laughs> was a well-coached team. Yeah. I have to put respect to them. I the didn't day. expect them to hang with Gonzaga all the way down. to They've played the Gonzaga
3: end. tough in they have played of yeah, their, in, their in, matchups right this year. Too.
1: It did. Killian and Tilly though was really the story of this game with his double double. Um and also towards the end, the guy who was getting buckets for Gonzaga at the end of the game, Joel I Joel Ayee. He, he is did. He, if he plays well, Gonzaga's very scary because that, I've got another guard, key player guard Gonzaga to look
0: forward to, but I'll get to that I'll get to that for there.
1: The guard play champion. is important here and then also Corey Kispert had a terrible game in
2: this game. Only yeah, four he was non- not himself, he I agree. He was not himself, yes. He did have four fouls, though, so he was in foul trouble most of the game. Mm-hmm. But still, something to, something to note.
1: Uh, then we move on to a semifinal. Green Bay um, versus Northern Kentucky. The Norse take it 80-69 to in that Dang. semifinal. Sad days. This was a close game for a while. but unfortunately, Green for the Bay Wisconsin could not, team. Could not get to the finals. Um, but then we have our last game of the night. 10 o'clock. Some WCC action.
2: What a low-scoring game this St.
1: Was. Mary's. And 14 BYU, well defended, uh, but I gotta say, <laughs> Jordan Ford. Did we really mention the score well.
0: of the game and or who won?
1: Saint Mary's 51 BYU, 50. Jordan Ford hits a game winner with like a second left.
3: Jordan Ford is, he, he is, is so dude. good. He's that dude. He play. He leads the NCAA in minutes played in their um, double overtime win against us at Pepperdine. When he scored 42, played every single minute of that game. He's always out there for BYU, and he can score the basketball. Mary's, he's T- a T- bucket getter. St. Mary's, Saint yes, T- M- my
2: bad. But BYU, Yoli Childs, I'm pretty sure he had ha- – did he have 25 or 23? I think he had half the points of yes, BYU. Yes, 23, did. 23. Yeah, that's pretty sad. He was literally the only guy. Um, T.J. Hawes, not good. Yeah, Two to for 14. Oh, from the field. What did Jake Toulson do? Toulson, Toulson at 11. He, he did. Huh? he did all right. And those three guys
0: I mentioned – They're a really good trio. I would agree, And this game was... T.J. Hawes, not that good. You know, it's disappointing, but I still see BYU as a team that can make an Elite Eight run in March Madness. I really do. I know you guys kind of disagree, but I wouldn't let this game
2: discourage you too much from BYU. I'd say it's Um, impressive that Yoli Childs put up the double-double numbers with his team scoring 50. Yeah. That was pretty impressive.
1: But then at the same time, we do know, or do we think that St. Mary's... Pretty much punched their ticket with this game. Oh,
0: absolutely. 100%. Yeah, I believe so. 100%. The NCAA wants to see Jordan Ford in the big dance. Yeah.
2: They, or at oh, least no, no, no. they should. They, they should. should they should. We want to see him.
0: The crowds want to see him. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, oh wait.
2: Wait. <laughs> wait a minute. Um, yeah, that was a great game, though. Uh, then we get
1: to Tuesday, which is yesterday. Um, start off, the ACC tournament kicks off on Tuesday. Uh, we had Pitt and Wake Forest. Pitt picks up the win, 81-72. to 72. There wasn't too much action on Tuesday, but uh, we did have some ticket punchers. But semifinal of the America East, UMBC, notable 16 seed upset from two years ago. Lose to Vermont. and I think that was expected, I believe, probably. I believe um, Vermont is going to win this tournament, 26 they play.
0: Seven. They play Hartford, who started yeah. out the year dead last in Bartovic. So it's actually kind of crazy that they're even making it to their uh, conference final, but I envision Vermont. They're 17-point favorites, yeah. so they should win that this, one.
3: This Vermont team is scary. They're scary. I agree. Very good defensively and can shoot Got well. Got some experienced guys, too.
1: Yeah, Anthony Lamb. Absolutely. Uh, Alex, UNC Tar Heels, won their first one. They're a scary 14 seed in the ACC tournament. Absolutely.
3: The scariest fourteen seed, maybe of all time, in, in, the, in the ACC, ACC tournament, tournament of all time. Let's do like
0: a little brain exercise here. What if UNC wins the entire ACC tournament?
2: That might be the biggest bid steal I we have ever witnessed. Right what, what seed would they see get? I can, what, I can
0: see it too. What seed would they get in March Madness they if they do that? A twelve seed. Twelve.
2: A twelve. Uh, yeah, no. they, they probably get want, a- <laughs> four games under five hundred. Pro- they probably don't be five hundred at yeah. the be 500. exactly. So a twelve seed no higher, please. They wouldn't give them. They would be. Probably. They would be kind but, of scary.
3: But the way UNC is playing right now, they're not just relying on Cole Anthony. They're getting scoring from everywhere, James and that's what they should have done all season. Playing so good, Leaky Black kind of struggled. Struggled against V but Brandon Robinson stepping up. Oh yeah, is this UNC team. Armando Bacat, yeah. Spooky.
1: Uh then we have two ticket punchers. Northern Kentucky, the Norse, beat UIC University of Illinois Chicago, seventy-one to sixty-two, the Horizon League tournament, and they advanced to their second. NCAA tournament in a row. I wouldn't worry about it too much, though, because at the end of the day, years, this, is, this is the horizon. They'll be
2: 16. Locked and loaded, 16? I don't think they'll be a I, 16. No, they're going to be a 15. 15. 15, 15. 15, 15. 15 14, they'll be 15-14, uh,
1: but they're not going to win. And then speaking of another mid-major that isn't too talented this year, um, we have Robert Morris winning their conference tournament in the NEC, the Northeastern Conference, 77-67 over St. Francis, PA. Robert Morris is twenty and fourteen, so you can lock them in as a sixteen. <laughs> yes, <laughs> unless you see some major upsets in mid-major tournaments this week, that gets a team a bid that's about five hundred or under five hundred, but like a Hartford beating Vermont, like a Hartford that per would say.
0: that would lock up locked and loaded, set and forget, sixteen uh, seed right there.
1: Yeah, and then credit to Alex, the Colonial. We've tracked the Colonial closely on this podcast all year. Yeah, uh, Hofstra. Beats Northeastern 70-61 to 61 in the finals. Hofstra's 26-8. and eight. Are they a scary team, Alex?
3: Mm, I don't know if I'd classify them as scary. I think they'll be around thirteen, fourteen seed. But they've got a couple of really good players. Eli Pemberton averaged about 25 points throughout this conference tournament. So he's a player to look out for on this Hofstra team. That is on the wall of bold predictions, guys.
0: Is that the first correct. one on the wall that is officially officially correct, correct
2: or, or wrong. For, that's the first one, yeah. I think that's officially has congratulations, a result. Alex. Yep. Thank you. I really wouldn't have thought Astra. it was gonna be Alex, but you know <laughs> I what? Would have thought credit
1: where credit is due. We respect Alex on this podcast. Uh, he made. a I, great I pick. would hope. Um, but then we have Gonzaga also punching their ticket. No surprise, even though <laughs> they, had more, they had their the ticket punched. They had their ticket punched a while ago, but. They secured it even more with (laughs) winning the WCC over St. Mary's, 84-66. St. Mary's
3: looked really gassed, and I don't blame (laughs) him. Yeah, Jordan
0: Ford came out of the gates just scorching hot. But then in the second half, you could tell his legs looked a little tired out there. But Drew Timmy, what a game for the Zags. I think he was 7 for 8
3: from the field. He was indeed. You guys hear what Dickie V was saying about him? Dickie V, like the Drew Timmy Award for like hardest player or something like that. He was hyping up
0: Drew Timmy. Like, I've never seen anyone hype up a player. Next Michael Jordan or something. Yeah. And then at halftime, they went to, like, the ESPN halftime show or whatever. And the guy's like, all right, welcome into the halftime show. I'm pretty sure as we speak, Dickie V is uh, filing his adoption papers for Drew Timmy, (laughs) which was gold.
1: Comedy (laughs) gold. I mean, and Joel I another great game, 17
2: points. He needs to continue this, and then they could... They could be And Admin
3: stable. Gilder coming off the bench at fifteen. The other guard there yeah. for the Zags. Guard play for the Zags, we'd say That's it's very key. key. That's ceiling key ceiling for, for the uh Zags in um Marsh Madness. The natty. The natty. I would agree. They're, they're so good on offense. They're so talented. Their
0: their defense is a bit skeptical at times, but yes. they're off
3: I'll say the nobody's champ- better.
0: I'll,
1: I'll say the championship game. I'll say national champions. Uh, well, but then we also have one more bid and ticket being punched in North Dakota State, proving to twenty five and eight beating rival North Dakota for the Summit League championship. This game was never close. North Dakota State was up at half forty nine to twenty two. I mean I don't think How is that
2: even like a final game North, North, North Dakota,
1: North Dakota State, State, did State did not trail was once flashing. Yeah. Dakota I Fifty
3: two percent from three. Oh that's a win right there. And
1: last time North Dakota State was in the tournament, they're not gonna get as high of a seed this time. But they were twelve, and they almost beat Buddy Heald's Oklahoma team last time, if you do recall correctly. So, just out of curiosity,
0: is every team in the Summit League from either North Dakota or South Dakota?
2: They got North. No, north they State. have Omaha. Oh. Okay, <laughs> well. I feel like they
0: have at least four Dakota
2: teams. Yep though. north North and South Dakota, and then North and South Dakota State. <laughs> yep, that's absolutely. What a team. boring conference. Yeah, that's pretty boring.
1: Fair, uh, but then we get into. Wednesday's games, we have some more ACC action. Uh, Miami against Clemson. We have Clemson beating Miami, sixty-nine to sixty-four. Clemson could cause some noise, could make some noise in the tournament. They're not going to win the ACC tournament, but they certainly have upset potential, and I think they've earned the respect to have upset potential.
2: They've more than they have three top ten wins at home. That's yeah. impressive, guys.
3: Chris likes is a junior. He will be back next. Let's year, go! And he did score twenty-one points. But Miami
1: will still not be good next year. what a year, guy, though.
3: From Mr. what Chris we know likes.
1: right now. Um, yeah, so low-scoring game in the first half as Miami led at halftime 23-21. <laughs> but then the second half, Clemson won 48-41. So, you know, it's just, just one of those weird games. But some other games that finished up today. A-10 action in the first round. George Washington advances with a win over St. Joseph's. Uh, more ACC action. We have NC State beating Pitt. This was a necessary win for NC State. If they are still mm-hmm. in the I agree. conversation. They're on the outside looking in, but they need to... I get... think they're in just the middle think... of the bubble. I don't know yes. where they yeah. are. They're um, lost right now. Lost in the sauce, they yes. Are indeed the uh, lost in the sauce. And then we had some pac starting tape. some PAC-12 action. Uh, Oregon State, the Beeves beat Utah in the first round, which is actually, I would be relieved if I were other PAC-12 teams, given the chaos that Utah has caused among the conference this year with all their upsets. Um But then, so those are the games that have finished already, so we're actually going to give you, before we give games to look forward to, we're going to talk about how you make your bracket so good. I mean, we've been saying, if you listen here, your bracket's going to be really good. Not just with our game recaps and other things, but we have some tips and tricks. Yeah, so
0: this special segment of sorts is four tips and tricks to win your
2: bracket pool. Wesley, would you like to start it off? Yes, I would. And the first tip and trick that I'm going to provide you guys with to win your bracket pool is experience and leadership and this pretty much comes down to how many times and this is also for like the one-and-done teams this is almost
0: which teams have experience in leadership correct
2: yes which teams have experience in leadership so a good example would be like Oregon with Peyton Pritchard that team is young but he is a he's been in the tournament a bunch he's a senior senior is also something to look out for they have four years of experience a lot of them probably have played a ton of minutes very important games too so they know what to do um, when it comes down to it and at the end of the game if you're down two, and you put the ball in your leader, seniors' hands, and they're taking that shot, I got, I got some confidence that they got a good chance to win, win hit the shot, and win the game. Yeah. And to
0: add on to that, you want the like you can have a team with like. Studs, All the bench freshman. players being seniors. Yeah. But you want to have your seniors play like 10 or plus more minutes in the game. You want to have your seniors, mm-hmm. or not even just seniors, but guys with experience, experience. be very it key contributors to, to the yeah. team.
2: Just people that have been in the tournament or been in high-pressure situations that can help you win close games. That's huge. That is huge. Yeah, look out for that. That's a good way to pick games.
3: All right. Um, next tip or trick to help you your bracket uh, improve, I'd say take uh, pick teams that have good guards. Good guard play has proven to help teams get very far in March. You look at the most, some of the most recent winners. You look at Virginia last year, led by Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome. Mm-hmm. You could possibly argue DeAndre Hunter as being a guard. I don't know. But then like the Villanova teams with Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart, and you have the most recent Nova Team Dante Divincenzo, just good guards also all around. Also Ryan or diacono Go
1: to, their, just, Go to the UConn teams, too. And you look at too. the UConn
3: teams. Kemba. Kemba. And Jeremy Ryan Lamb. Boatwright. And then you had the Shabazz Napier and Ryan Boatwright team who also yeah. won a title. Just good guard play. Um, obviously, they're going to have the ball in their hands a lot, and that's mm-hmm. what you need. Good guard play. Like, when yeah.
2: you see, when it comes down to it, you have a last set, second shot to win, tie, force overtime, whatever. When are you seeing it dumped into the post to a big guy? Yeah. Ever? I think, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. At least in recent years,
0: like... I haven't seen a big guy dominate.
3: Mhm. lot of people have
1: just wait just play. wait though. We have Obi Toppin and Luca Garza in store for us yeah, this season. We year, do so. and
0: they're they're going to put on Could they write rev- the show? We oh, yeah. will
1: see if they could revolutionize the system.
0: But if you look at all the championship teams, that is one common denominator. They almost always have good guard play. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fantastic one. Um my tip or trick to win your bracket pool. This one's a little bit different cuz you know, everyone's heard good guard play, heard experience, but this one is don't pick the number 1 of one seeds to win it all. So the over one overall number one, So like one. let's I contest. let's go back to last year, for example. Duke everybody and their mother was picking Duke to win it all. I think
2: it was 78%. I, not, I did not either. I put, did not pick Duke. I did not
3: I had them getting upset to uh against Sparty in the end, I did day, too, which, which happened. What do you know it
2: happened? None
3: of
0: us
2: had Duke winning it all last year, which shows our Our knowledge as well. But 70% of like all ESPN picks, I think, had them winning, which is insane. I don't think I've yes. ever seen a number and that high. The reason that you don't want to pick the number one of one seeds is do they have the most likely chance of
0: winning it all? Statistically speaking, yes. Do they have the biggest target on they their do. back? They yes. have the biggest target on their back. They're gonna get every team's best game, but that's not even the real reason. The real reason is let's say that number one of one team wins it all. Okay, fine. You're still competing with about you know fifty to sixty percent. Take last year, 70% of the rest of the field in your bracket pool. So you not only have to have the winner right, but the rest of your bracket has to be –
2: it's got to be tip-top shape. Yeah, if you want to separate yourself from From the the other simple people. Now,
1: the reason I qualify this statement, I guess, is – this isn't always true. I know. Absolutely me, not. Yeah. Me and Wesley, a few like few years back, I think this was the, the UNC week. team. UN, that yeah. UNC team. I like that UNC. That UNC team, UNC was, team was, was one of the best teams yeah. I've ever seen. That if one at all, fully, with, uh, Justin Jackson was a big part of that. If
0: you fully buy into this team and say they are head and shoulders above every other team in college basketball, UNC
1: team was a couple of years ago. Yeah, but can yeah. you tell me that a team this year is head and shoulders above everybody else? No, because I don't buy that for a second.
3: Alex is thinking to himself of Kansas, right now. But- I think Kansas has a small step above everyone else. But not head and shoulders. That's a small step.
0: That's not head and shoulders above everybody else. Like that UNC team was, I would argue that they were so if you want to pick another team to win it all, we're not saying don't pick one seed. You can you can pick a one seed to win it all, but just do want to don't do the most popular one seed that everyone's picking cuz then the rest of your bracket's going to have to be flawless and it just yeah. makes it all tougher. Where if you pick a team that nobody else is really picking but it's still a one seed and still has a very very good chance of winning it all. Mm-hmm you basically only have to get the winner right the way that the rounds go, at least in ESPN bracket leagues. Mm -hmm. If you get the winner right, that counts for like half your points. So if you have a mediocre bracket and the winner right, you'll probably win if you do that.
2: And it's different from everybody else, given. Yeah, different sites have different rules, but most sites have the winner. Yeah, CBS is the the lone exception to this. They're a lot different, but I digress.
1: Um, And then my tip slash trick, I guess, is... With upsets, I'd say go with your gut. So you're going to hear what we have to say. But we all disagree. And we have all gotten upsets, right? We've gotten big upsets, right? Every single one of us.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Everybody has. So you're going
1: gonna, to gonna have to hear the arguments we have to make and interpret them as you will. Maybe – I mean you have to trust us a little bit because we can disagree on some things. But if we mention an upset – If and we you, all agree really, on an upset – And you really think that it looks spooky right away, then I would say go with your gut. Because if an upset happens – and you don't pick it, you're, you're gonna... really sad you didn't. And if you, you uh, want to pick an upset, but you end up not picking it, I mean, it's just more fun to pick the upset team. If, if it's a tight scenario and it's a team that you feel is spooky, um, it's always more fun to pick the upset team.
0: Nothing you. is more rewarding than picking an upset and calling it right when nobody else did.
2: Last a few okay, years ago. You,
0: okay, I know what you're. I mad. did that in I 2016. I know, yes. Fourteen seeded Lumberjacks over the three seeded West Virginia Mountaineers. That is my. That's my favorite March Madness moment of all time. It's super rewarding, and at the end of the day, you want to be able to cheer for the team in your bracket. And if you're feeling a mid-major and nobody else is, who cares? Don't be a sheep. Don't go along with it. Pick the upset. I agree. Yeah,
1: and I mean, definitely, we've had some. Some balls he picks before. I mean, Charlie, Oregon into Sweet 16 last year for sure. Uh, I don't know who all had UC Irvine, if that was just me and Charlie, or if Alex had it. Three out of the four of us. Yeah, three out of the four of us. Not Wesley. Wesley. that was a tough region it. for your bracket, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but other than that, like a few years back, I know that I picked Charleston to beat Auburn, and they were like, hmm, what Charleston? What, what kind of school is this? Uh, but Charleston actually ended up putting up a really good fight and almost pulled it off. So it was it was fun to watch. And I was like, you know, even though Charleston didn't win at the end of the day, I'm happy I was able to see the potential in them in them and they had it. They just couldn't quite finish it. So
3: Upsets are bound to happen. Yeah. So picking a few upsets, you hit one, you gain a game on the field, you mm-hmm. get it wrong. Well, you're one game back, I guess.
1: And tonight, the Big Ten tournament and the Big East tournament start as we kick it off with Northwestern and Minnesota, and then Nebraska versus Indiana, who's a bubble team. A must win for Indiana uh, tonight, uh, Wednesday, March eleventh. Um, and then Big East action. We have Johnny's and Georgetown, and then we have um, DePaul and Xavier. But the more important game, that's the more important game tonight, is DePaul and Xavier, because DePaul could easily upset Xavier tonight. We've set X's yes. for odds much the whole year. If Xavier loses this game, I don't, I don't see them making it. XRM not frauds,
0: not anymore. What exactly have they done to not be frauds?
3: Just out of curiosity,
2: like I don't know. Playing a game close does not equal losing fraud, fraudulent
3: status. I'm pretty sure they have like six quad one wins, five or six, and for them to be on the bubble, I think is is a bit harsh. I was thinking
0: almost. The opposite, but that's fine. You know Big East better than me. I'll I'll listen to
1: that's your take fair. on that one. Uh, then tonight we also have UNC and Syracuse. See if Alex's uh, Tar Heels can keep it rolling. Maybe pull it off towards the end. Uh, then we move into Thursday and we get into some of the bigger games in the Big Ten. So we're gonna have Michigan and Rutgers in the eight nine game. Winner faces Wisconsin. Could the winner of this game beat Wisconsin? Like what? What is the likelihood of that happening?
2: Literally any Big Ten team can beat any team right now, except considering North
0: it's on or a neutral court. The likelihood of the winner of that game being Wisconsin, I'd put it at about 50-50.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. I tend to agree with that. You think Michigan or Rutgers is going to win, Alex?
2: I like Michigan. Give me R.
1: Rutgers, you already know. Joe Baker. I like Michigan. Michigan's beaten Rutgers twice. They have their number this season. Hard to beat uh, a team two times in a row. Happened on a neutral court, one of them did, by the way. Mm-hmm. So kind of got that experience. Um, but then we have the Zips starting in their quarterfinal game. Uh, go Zips. Hopefully they win the MAC hashtag Show. there will be
0: no fans in attendance at that one either yeah so that's that one, correct we can kind of watch that to
1: get a taste for how oh, maybe it's gonna
0: what it's going to feel like in march madness
1: uh but that game is on espn plus so we will not be able to watch that oh, but well, towards the end of the big f you uh, <laughs> to espn period uh but then we have clemson and number four florida state in the acc tournament clemson beat them once already this year am i correct in saying that yes mm-hmm. could they do it again in the ACC tournament no. Wesley's going to say no Because he loves Florida State Alex? No I think
0: Clemson's spookiness Is like relegated To when they're
1: playing at home That's fair
0: And when
2: they're salty About football losses <laughs> Oh yeah
1: Oh absolutely That was
0: when they beat Duke
1: though yes. I think Yeah that yeah. was when they beat Duke matter. Uh But then we have a big bubble matchup In the Big 12 tournament The quarterfinal Texas Tech and Texas This is
2: a worthy game to mention Because yep. It's a bubble is game huge. This huge so, I think winner of this is in Winning you're in
1: Yeah Winning and, and I think losing you're out yeah, in I my mean, opinion. at the end of the day, we really don't know
0: how, like, which teams the committee's going to choose. But if there ever was a game between two bubble teams, winning your in, losing your out, this is that game.
3: I'm pretty uh, sure yeah. the, the committee is really hoping Texas Tech wins this game because I'm sure they want to see them back in the tournament. Well, I yeah. do too because they got the pieces. I think they're going to win this one.
1: And yeah. if Texas is in the tournament, I will be picking in against Texas. I don't yes. think that they're a good team uh, offensively or defensively. Wreckham Raiders. Reckham Raiders isn't that their isn't that like their chant or whatever the Reckham Raiders I I believe it is Um, uh, we have 25 Iowa and one Kansas in action tomorrow not known yet who they'll be playing Uh, but we have NC State and 10 Duke NC State could get a big could get a signature win here and really solidify themselves in the NCAA tournament Uh, do you guys think it'll happen
3: I don't think so personally I don't think so, but I would really love to see Markel Johnson in the t- in the big dance.
0: Dude, I don't know. I, I think it might happen. I'm going to take Whoa. NC State in that game. Okay.
1: Ooh.
0: A
3: wolf pack.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I want to take NC State, but I just don't know if I can. I like Duke this year. Uh, So I'll take Duke. Uh, 24, Butler and Providence play in the Big East tournament. Give me the
3: Friars. (laughs) Give me Providence.
1: Friars are too hot right now. The Bulldogs are going to hit their stride here. So I actually will be taking Butler. That is a spooky team that I look forward to watching in March. And then the AAC tournament really gets underway in the first round. Uh, UConn will be in action tomorrow night on ESPNU. Uh, Hopefully they can pick up some wins and get into the tournament. Uh, I think that if they even get to the semifinals they are a bubble team, because then they'll, have, then they'll be like 22-12. and 12. So I
3: strongly disagree. This is a conference where you could see a bid stolen, yeah, for sure. With a team like this. UConn, Memphis, possibly. Uh, but to steal that bid, they would have to win the entire thing. SMU? Yes, yes. <laughs> but I, I think it's possible for one of those, those lower-seeded teams to win.
2: This conference is really wide open. If it any is. conference is wide open, this is probably the it's,
3: most It's a weird
2: conference It's very weird, yes, <laughs> yes it is very wide open uh, We have the Boilermakers playing
1: number 19 Ohio State And I actually like Purdue in this one I do not I
3: actually will disagree with you I Yeah, I like,
1: I, like, I like OSU in this one uh, But then we have some more Big 12 uh, Tourney games 22 West Virginia and the Oklahoma Sooners Face off mm, I really uh, You want to do it? I think Oklahoma will win this one And I think Christian Doolittle will get them there
2: Give me Okie, not Okie State.
1: Okie, yeah, yep. Alex, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Give me West Virginia.
0: Oh, I was gonna say Oklahoma. I thought you were gonna make it four, but nope. Oh my God! Give it's me West Virginia. Four.
1: You stink. <laughs> <laughs> I I could not agree more. Uh, we have Marquette
3: and 16 the Hall playing. Big um, one for Marquette. They're 18 and 12 now. Hopefully, Charlie's statement of it's really hard to beat it or hard to beat a team three times is true for Marquette as. We've gotten ran out of gym both times by Seton Hall. Yeah, I
1: know. I think Seton Hall wins this one. And I think Marquette will be in a play game this year, actually, for an 11 seed.
3: So Would that wow. ever be fun to
1: see? I bet sure. that that'll happen.
3: Hmm. I'm going to take Seton Hall in this one. Sky blue, Marquette is bad. Yep.
1: Marquette's
0: yeah, it'd be pretty terrible. hard to pick Marquette right now to win a basketball game. So that's pretty <laughs> much just game. straight up. Yeah, <laughs> any kind of
1: sporting so, event. So that's pretty much as far as we are going to take you into the future. Because these will change day by day. Because with conference tournaments, you have buys, and you have, you don't know who's going to play in the next day. So those are the games to look forward to tonight and Thursday night, tomorrow night. Um, so other than that, I would just say make sure to follow us on Twitter um, at mate underscore in underscore March underscore. Um, Charlie? Yeah, we got a lot of fun college basketball ahead. We will be
0: back recording on Saturday, I believe. That's Saturday. the tentative plan. Yep. And then, of course, we're gonna record right after the Selection Sunday show, and then the Monday after that. So it'll be three, three straight, straight days. For Maybe you guys. four. Maybe four. Who knows? We'll Maybe a Tuesday. Tuesday. But just wait for that Monday episode, the bracket breakdown. Ooh, it'll be so sweet.
2: That's the best episode all year. If you're gonna yeah. have, if you're gonna listen to one episode, listen it. to that Yeah. Tell also, your friends.
0: To prepare for this Monday episode because, oh, right. it will be a doozy.
1: Also, an episode that seems to be a favorite if you're looking for other episodes, we recap our favorite March Madness moments in history. Um, that is a fun one. Like, probably 15 episodes ago.
0: Yeah, I might have to scroll a to get to that one. But uh, anyways, until next time, this is Made in March.